even in my flesh is like, yes, now I don't have to drive that far. I don't have to stop grading in it like so many hours in advance of when I have to drive and then go to prayer meeting and then I won't get home late and then I won't be tired the next day. I am so much better than that other person that just sits on Zoom. Hey, Zoom, Zoom. Hey, cut it out. Hey, I'm there's, feeling there's no escape. <laughs> I have to be before the Lord. What are you talking about here? Yeah. If you can go to two meetings yeah. on Zoom rather than one by driving, well, which is better? I don't think we can just uh, yeah. have an easy uh, answer here. Welcome to the Patterns of Truth podcast, the place for casual discussion of biblical principles and difficult questions that face the Christian believer. We believe that the Bible can speak to today's issues, giving us the wisdom and the courage we need for our lives. We are so glad that you are joining us, and you can always find us at patternsoftruth.org. Hey, thanks for joining Patterns of Truth. I'm Peter, and joining me today, Brian, Roy, Michael, Beth, and Patricia. So our topic for today is an important topic. Is video conferencing dangerous for the church? Big topic. There's a lot of controversy in this one. I don't know. Where should we start? Maybe with full disclosure, we are presently Zooming as we podcast. (laughs) So we are video conferencing. Maybe we should just put that out there right at the start. Sounds good. But hey, you know, is this dangerous? Maybe we shouldn't be doing this. It makes us think about what a real spiritual connection is. Mm. Well, technology is good. Nothing bad in technology. It certainly can be used badly. True. Yeah. What do you think about that? I mean, a lot of Christians find technology quite threatening. I don't think they're the only ones. It seems like every year there's an AI thriller out there in the movies. But historically, when there's been, at least in the last 100, 200 years, when there's been a technological advance, Christians are against it in in one shape or form. You know, it wasn't too long ago that uh, using your iPhone to read the scriptures was considered dangerous and subversive to the faith. So, I don't know. Is, is technology dangerous? Seems to be, depending on how it's used. Okay, your volume is pretty low. What? Pull up your volume. Use your technology to pull up your volume. <laughs> it's dangerously low. I think Roy said it, it depends on how it's used. Is that right, Roy? Uh, yes. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about this a little bit this morning, because you do have cases in the scriptures where it's really where the Lord is really speaking to Israel about them trusting in chariots, which I think would be the closest thing we have to an iPhone today. Um, You know, something that can get you where you want to go. And the psalmist says, some trust in chariots, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. So I think with technology, there's definitely a temptation to feel we can do it all. I mean, taking a chariot is a whole lot faster than walking. And the stuff I can do with my iPhone is incredible, at least for me who grew up on, you know, American online. It's, it's pretty astounding. But on the same token, I, I also can really fall into the illusion that I can do everything, that anything I want to do, I'm able to do it. And uh, I can achieve it, which is not of God. What do you guys think? I'm going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> is, is video conferencing dangerous for the church? I will say it's, it's dangerous. 
in what ways? If it promotes isolationism, I don't think it does that necessarily. Following what Brian said a minute ago, I talked to a brother, and this is for real. I was talking to an older brother when I was younger, and he thought we ought to ride horses. I mean, after all, the Lord rode into Jerusalem at the donkey, and uh, what's given in Scripture should be the limitations of what we do. Oh, that's, I think, extreme, right? I think most people don't think that way. Well, that's only because we're acculturated to our current circumstances. So when something new comes along, maybe we balk. Now, this is getting to the rubber meets on the road, I think, because we've got, we're using Zoom. Is that promote separation or does it promote unity? And I think it kind of depends upon how you approach it. I think the task of the Christian, no matter what, is always to ask the question, how will this get in the way between me and the Lord? And I think that is an appropriate question, no matter what the era or the technology is. Even the yoke that was put on oxen was considered a technological advancement, I guess you would say, at that time. And so many examples in the scriptures come from those things that everyone could see around them. But I do think that we always have to question, no matter what, when the world is saying, here, here, here's this great thing, no matter what the world offers, even if Christians are part of the production process, you have to say, okay, what could this do to us? What kind of boundaries do we need to draw around this? And I think that's the same approach with anything that comes across our way. We always have to have that evaluation as before the Lord, uh, because at the end of the day, the world, at least, you know, in a capitalist society, wants to make sales, right? There's a good documentary that's on Netflix now, The Social Dilemma, about the very people who made social media saying now they didn't anticipate how horrible it would be for humans. The unbelieving mind doesn't question, right? We go towards the sales, but the believer says, I need to question what this is. And that's just should be our posture in general and ask the Lord, what can this do to us? And then kind of draw the boundaries around that. Now, I think it's a matter of perspective or worldviews. A lot of objections that you come from the secular world are off base and are not consistent with what's beneficial. And even what's beneficial, just using that word, of course, you have to evaluate. But you're going to be evaluating from your own personal worldview. That makes it very important that our worldview, and I mean in detail, I don't just mean Christian worldview in general, but the way we think about things, the way we evaluate things, has to be derived from our experience with God through the scriptures guided by the Spirit of God. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that, Roy, because I, I think it's notable that when the scripture, what the scripture talks about and what the scripture doesn't talk about, I mean, it mentions technology in passing, but it doesn't say how to treat technology. That's not the focus or the emphasis, because the real danger is what's the driving reason? It's what's inside, right? It's not the, as the Lord said, it's not the food that goes in, but it's the heart that's inside that is the cause of the trouble, Right our hearts have a propensity toward the natural man. And, the, and of course, we could say that the flesh for the believer has a propensity to want glory, has a propensity to want their own way. And so, yeah, there is that danger toward pride and envy and covetousness. And that's what the scripture treats to. So where am I at? Where am I at? Where's my heart in using this technology? And then that would govern whether I should use it or in what circumstances. 
Yeah, to go along with that is to also understand, discern, and know the heart of the other person who's using it. And that, that doesn't come without like some degree of interpersonal relationship. And that's super important for the church to know one another. So, you know, we, we know that us here on this video conference and call are not using this technology in a way that's dishonoring to the Lord. You know, in fact, we're using it. You, the Patterns of Truth podcast. <laughs> so you guys can come along on the discussion. That's kind of also something that I, I've seen is that, okay, so they're using this form of technology just because they're using chat rooms. Before there was Facebook, there was chat rooms, right? Or message boards. You say that and not automatically, oh, you shouldn't be there. There's so, all sorts of bad things. Before that, it was like messenger. Before that, there was texting and then, you know, letters and then stone tablets. And then before that, <laughs> you know, so it's just like, what's the real problem here? I hear people when they're talking to me about social media, it's like Facebook is of the devil. Wait, wait, time out. <laughs> they may have a point there, but like, so my point is that it's the content that's distributed through Facebook is what you're really getting at. You know, calling the tool instead of how the tool is used evil is what I see all too often. Mm -hmm. So how, how would video conferencing be dangerous for the church? Yeah, that's the question, I guess. So to, to Michael's point, you know, yes, it could be dangerous. It seems like we all agree. It doesn't have to be dangerous, but it could be dangerous. But how could it be dangerous? It promotes separation on one hand to a degree. It can. Yeah. You can see one another, but like if I left the screen like this, <laughs> like you don't know if I'm winning at this video game here. <laughs> Yeah, that's a problem in the school system. It's like the kids, like they they do stuff on Zoom, and you're and that's a big problem with teachers. Right. Yes, yeah, I see uh, shaking enough heads over here. You know, it's funny though because it's some of the same problems that we had, but now it's in a different situation. Yes, everyone's experienced being fake at church. Mm. I mean, t tell me you haven't been to church and had a moment where either someone was fake toward you. That's easier to see, or you were fake. Yeah. Now it's just doing, doing what, what we've been tempted to do, and yet we do it in a little window, you know? Right. So a lot of it's the same struggles, but now in a, do, a new situation. And that requires some conscientiousness of why am I doing what I'm doing? And uh, how much of this is conviction and how much of it is convenience dressed up like conviction? That's, that's tough. That takes work. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because we can fake in person just as, in fact, maybe it's even easier to fake in person than, than over Zoom. I have to think about that one. Patricia, you wanted to say something. I was just thinking about how, right, like we're always in this battle against the flesh. I think about myself. I grew up making every single service and I still do, but my flesh still was like, yes, now I don't have to drive so far. And I'd live a good distance from the, uh, the assembly. And so even in my flesh it's like, yes, now I don't have to drive that far. I don't have to stop grading in it like so many hours in advance of when I have to drive and then go to prayer meeting. And then I won't get home late. And then I won't be tired the next day. Even in that, I can hear the Holy Spirit saying to me, like, no, 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 <laughs> don't love that convenience so much. And so even though this is what we have to do in this time, especially where I am, at the same time, I can feel that call to say, this would be a good time, good thing for me long term, because I just like things better this way. But the question is always, is it going to be better for me spiritually? Probably not. Yeah, I, I can relate to what Patricia said. 
I feel sometimes video conferencing can promote complacency. I just feel more comfortable doing it. But you can't escape your own conscience before God because driving that long distance and driving back again, that is a great prompt for pride. I have spent so much effort getting to meeting. I am so much better than that other person that just sits on Zoom. Wait. True, true. Hey, cut it out. Hey, I'm feeling no that. escape. What are you talking about here? Yeah. If you can go to two meetings yeah. on Zoom rather than one by driving, well, which is better? I don't think we can just uh, yeah. have an easy uh, answer here. Interesting you say that because I have felt that <laughs> as well. But I have also thought, too, like sometimes I'll look on the Zoom call and after a while, over the months have gone by, the numbers have started to trickle. Mm -hmm. So then I've said to myself, well, is convenience really the problem? And that's something we've always talked about. Mm -hmm. Oh, if we put the church service at a more convenient time for everyone, then more people will come. And now that it's more convenient, I'm finding that the same people who came to Bible study and we had ours, we have ours on Friday night, right? When everyone wants to go to sleep after a long week. And we've noticed that the same numbers, we've gone back to the same numbers. And so then it's like, wait is convenience really the problem now? Yeah. And it's like a weird social experiment we've done because now we can actually speak to the fact that maybe it's not about convenience. Maybe we just want what we want and we want time off from God. Yeah, convenience can't replace conviction ever. That's a good observation. You know, I, I really think that one of the great things about our situation is it's requiring reality. It really is. And the fact that we are having to gather collectively while at home is bringing before us what's real and what's fake. Because I can be in a, it might be seven o'clock on Sunday and I'm in one space. But if I need to meet with the believers at 9.30, then I have to work my way to this space where I could be fake, right? And it's easier to do that. You put on the nice clothes, you've left your messy bedroom that you didn't make up behind, right? And you get into your car and you drive and you're listening to church, mu you know, Christian music. Meanwhile, when the meeting starts, the meeting starts and there you are. You know, the meeting starts right here and the kitchen is right there and it's either cleaned or it's not cleaned. And people are grumpy or they're not grumpy. And it's like, hey, this is real life. I'm not opposing you, Brian, but it doesn't have to be a bad thing, you know. It could be a time to prepare yourself. Uh, if I have half an hour, an hour to go to meet with everyone else, I can be praying or preparing myself mentally instead of, you know, I've been having more time. So like, oh, I can do some more work. I can clean my kitchen or work on this or paint something, which I did before. And then join, join with all my dirty clothes and not, not mentally there. So let me clarify, because you're, you're right, Peter. What I'm trying to say, though, is what do we, what is involved in preparing ourselves? It's not circumstances, it's conviction. Mm -hmm. And we can rely on circumstances to prepare ourselves, because mm -hmm. I bet that you're not going to show up to the high point meeting in painted up stuff. Right. Maybe you should, you know, because <laughs> painted up stuff isn't, that's not what matters. Okay. Yeah, absolutely not. But the temptation is there in more in the, in the, in the way things used to be versus how they are now. Mm. 
And so really the way that we should prepare ourselves, I'll just speak to our family, is the day before setting it, you know, getting things in order, you know, getting a good night's rest, the morning of setting aside your gift, actually making a choice instead of letting the circumstances make the choice for you. And I think when we had to drive somewhere, it was easier to make the circumstances give us conviction instead of really choosing out of conviction. Does that clarify? Yeah, absolutely. I'll share one thing real quick that I think is concerning. We already live in a society that undervalues relationship and has surface level relationships in too many cases. And I think probably of the four things in Acts 2.42 that's being maybe getting impacted most by our situation is fellowship. People can zoom in, attend the meeting, zoom out, and then there's no interaction. And that could happen geographically, but I think it's easier for it to happen now where we don't have as much interaction as people. Because if I really want to have one-on-one fellowship with someone, I need to be willing to talk one-on-one with someone. And I could do that at a geographic setting. When I went to the local church, I could go and talk with someone, just them and I. But if I have a conversation with Peter on an assembly Zoom call, guess what? Everybody else gets to hear what we're talking about. And so I really feel that fellowship, real intimate fellowship is probably the one thing that is most in danger right now, unfortunately. And it's going to take intentionality to make sure that we have deep relationships. Beth, you wanted to say something? I was just going to bring up the topic of fellowship as well, but Brian beat me to it. I know we have just a couple of minutes left. I guess what, what would be our definition of fellowship? Can we call what we're doing now fellowship? Because we're not in the same room. Or do we have to be in the same room and in front of somebody physically in order to have fellowship with them? Just want to throw that in there. That sounds like a great question for the next podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You might need a part two of this. Yeah, I don't see us doing that in five minutes. But I would say that fellowship is a lot deeper and more involved than the American church has made it. We're talking about deep relationship grounded upon Jesus Christ and his word is the base of that relationship and the context and matrix. So it means really being known by one another. It doesn't mean that I know everything about your life or that you know everything about my life, but that we understand, appreciate, and accept one another in Christ. And that's a lot more than a pizza party and foosball. So I think that what you touched on there, Brian, was it's a matter of the heart, right? Is video conferencing dangerous for the church? Yes, it is. Is it something that we can use? Yes, it is. And we honestly need to, like you just mentioned, take a step back and really check ourselves and say, why are we doing this? Patricia brought out is like, how will this hinder my walk with the Lord or will it help? Thank you, Michael. I think that's a good way to end today's podcast. It was a great discussion. Thank you all. And we invite you to always go to panelsoftruth.org, add your question, and would love to add it to the questions we have for the podcast. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to the Patterns of Truth podcast. We invite you to join us for our next episode. And we also encourage you to check out patternsoftruth.org where we post articles every week for the encouragement and growth of Christ followers. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to submit them on our website. I'm Peter. Until next time.